Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. My name is Courtney. And we talk about the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. Yup. All right. Week two. Week We're back. Two. We are back. We are back in full. We're on our, we've got two weeks in a row, so I, I sense a pattern happening. Yeah, wait, we're gonna, I, they can't get rid of us now. We said it last week. So, okay. So <laughs> last week we brought up, um, we talked a little bit about the top 10 educational studies of 2021, according to Edutopia, and pointed out how three of them are right in our wheelhouse and seem to back up um, what what we think and what we talk about a lot. So this week, we're going to take a look at one of those. Mm -hmm. The third, number three on the list. Mm -hmm. And it's called the surprising power of pretesting in the Edutopia article. Yeah, in the Edutopia article. So the name of this article is pretesting versus post-testing, comparing the pedagogical benefits of errorful generation and retrieval practice. All right. I'm and, gonna, I want to stop you right there. Yeah. This is the greatest title I've ever heard. <laughs> it really is. It's so good. I like the word. I like errorful. Errorful generation. generation. That's exactly <laughs> where I was. I was like, oh, I need to use that statement more. Oh, yeah. Because it's About perfect. Is it a, is it an actual word? Errorful? Uh, remember, all words are made up. It's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a word. It's a word. It's a word. It's a word. <laughs> I love it. I love that, that idea of errorful generation. Yeah. It's really cool. Generating errors, like on purpose. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was yeah. the best part. Um, and so you can find this, uh, this, this article in the Journal of experimental psychology applied and it looks like it is in volume 27 on pages 237 to 257 and so everybody dig it off your shelf right now and go, yeah, take go no, no this is a new one this is not uh i don't know what it, this is recent so it's not it very recent there's no yeah. digging it this is this is it's on your pile it's on the pile yeah oh okay. it's my, mistake. Pile. my mistake my anyway. mistake <laughs> so do, do you want me to go over the gist of this or like do you have any questions or comments or uh like i i am gonna have a couple of questions so why okay. don't you go over the gist of it first and i'll tell you all the things that i have questions of meaning i don't understand some okay. of like, the main points i think too which is disturbing to me Okay. All right. So here's, here's kind of how the study went, right? I'll, I'll give you a rough rundown of how they set it up and then kind of what they had to say about it. Okay. Um, I'm curious. I, we only have the abstract. Um, we're working on getting the, getting full access because there are some things I'm curious about that I'm, I'm curious if they wrote about or not in the full article, but um, all right. So they looked at the idea of pre-testing, which they call errorful generation. So good. <laughs> love it. Do love it. Um, and compared it with um, post-testing. So kind of the, the setups here, it looked, there, were, there were multiple setups, mul multiple um, variables that they looked at. Their, their population was just over 1,500 participants. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and they were, so they each took either a pretest and a post test or just a post test, 
right? They all had the same expository test passages. Um, but then some of the things that were different, right? Some were given their format were was cued recall. Mm -hmm. So that, um, I don't want to say that could be multiple choice, but I think that could be a multiple choice test. Like a cued recall might be something where it's like they're, they're given, you're given something to jog your memory, right? Agreed. Yep. Yeah. So um, another group were given um, another, another set were, no, I'm sorry. It's not another set. So that was like, that was just one round. Okay. One round of the experiment where they gave them multiple choice. Oh, so cute recall is different. So one round, they got multiple, multiple choice mm -hmm. or cued recall, mm -hmm. which must be different. So maybe that's like a verbal thing versus a written well, thing. So there's, it looks like there's two experiments that are multiple choice and yeah. three of them or, or two of them had that cued recall. So I, I think you're right when you, when you said that something to jog your memory on it, yeah, but not necessarily right. multiple choice. So maybe it was right. like a, like a oh, like true or false or like I was thinking maybe even like a sentence starter something yeah okay yeah. so they'd yeah. be like remember this fill in the blank after that yes. so that, that's my imagination on that one yeah and those are all and if we think about what we know about uh Bloom's taxonomy and the new Marzano taxonomy we know that all of those tasks are in fact recall so yay all on the correct reasoning level nice nice um, <laughs> so you could be that it's fair to compare right Mm -hmm. um, then in another experiment, another round, they were given with or without correct answer feedback. Mm -hmm. So some of them just took the test and never got to see how they did. And others took the pretest and got to see how they did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so two different people got different type, different tests. One was five, uh, like time length after reading this article, after reading this passage, it was either five minutes or 48 hours later. Mm -hmm. And in all of these, and there was a control, the control got, um, what did the control have? A no test control. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but like, that's one thing I would want to read more. That's going to be one of my I, questions. How do later. you compare so, to no test? But okay. right, right. <laughs> yeah, what did they do? Um, in all of those situations, in, in both of those situations, the five minute or 48, um, anybody who had a pretest, whether or not they saw the feedback, did better than the group that just had the post test. Okay. So no matter what, having a pretest, so having a chance to possibly make some mistakes before you quote unquote learn something um, yields greater results in the end. Mm -hmm. Okay, rather than just being tested after you quote unquote learned something. But then interestingly, the people, the, the subjects, they are people, but the subjects, I suppose is the right word. The subjects that got the feedback about what they got right and got wrong did had even higher scores than everyone else. Mm -hmm. So like that was the ultimate. So like giving a pretest helps no matter what, giving a pretest with feedback so that you the people could see where their mistakes were helped even more. 
all makes sense to me and from the way you described it. Yeah. I have some questions. Okay. I might not be able to answer them, but ask them away. Totally agree. Totally agree. So I'm, I'm reading this, this abstract here, and it says that they're investigating the relative efficacy of pre-testing and post-testing. And one of the one of the uh, the sentences talk about those experiments, what participants are doing. Uh, this is uh, for your reference, Courtney. This is right after the Ennies fifteen seventy three. Okay. Uh, so participants are studying text passages. Mm-hmm. They're each paired with a pretest or a posttest. Yeah. Okay. My first question on that one is the subject either they're doing a test passage. Yeah. And they're either doing a pretest or a post-test, but not both, right? Because it says they're paired with- That's what it reads like there. That's what it reads like there. Okay. That's, I think that part's okay. I've just, that's more of a confirmation. Now, my question after that though, is a a little bit bigger that I can't get through my head a little bit, Mm -hmm. is if I'm taking a pre-test and then I'm studying that text passage, and I'm comparing that to the people who did the test passage, the text passage, and then a post-test and comparing yeah. those two test results. What is the point of those first people doing a pretest and a text passage and then nothing else? That's where I think I'm reading this incorrectly. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So no, I don't think that happened. Okay. What can you explain to me what what you think did happen? So what I think did happen is that there was one group who Apparently there's the control who didn't get a test. Right. Weird. Weird. (laughs) Very weird. Then there was a group that got a pre-test and a post-test and then a group that just got a post-test. Okay. I wish that we, this full study was open so I could read it and Uh give it to somebody who like could explain it to me a little bit. Because I, I think with the whole test, I've read these things before. Uh, and it usually fleshes it out so you can see exactly what's happening. This abstract is, to me, a little confusing. Yeah. I, I get the gist of it, but some of those things that I just asked questions about are really bugging me with the interpretation part of this. Yeah, fair. The, the, the little flags that come up for me is like, how can you say that pretests are helping like retention skills and, and better scores on these tests uh, than post-test if you're not comparing the pretest to the post-test for the same person, right? If I'm taking a pretest, then I take a passage, then I take a post-test. If that's, I, I, I'm a little confused on, on I guess. Oh, wow. Exactly this is happening. so interesting, Matt. I don't think it matters at all. Okay. Why would you compare how you did on a pretest versus how you did on the post-test? So is this study comparing people who took a pretest only but okay, so here leads leads my, my next question then. This was about um, where is the exact pretesting involves taking tests before to be learned information is studied. Yes, right. So my my interpretation of that statement, tell me if I'm wrong on this one, yeah, is that the information is new information. Yes, for these people. It's brand new. There's no, it's to be learned. I, to be learned, yeah. To how, do, be learned. how did you interpret that statement then? 
um, as something that was going to be given to those people as if they were expected to learn it in a class. Yeah. I don't think the researchers knew if it was known and known just like in a classroom, we don't really know if what we're about to teach the learners is new information to them or not. Okay. Unless we yeah. give them a pretest. So it could be a range of yeah. of knowledge at that point, right? Some people may know a little bit, yes. some people may know a lot, some people come in blank. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's what I think. I think that would be hugely interesting. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine how they would go about controlling for that to find a, like write a passage to make sure that none of the 1500 participants had any background knowledge on. That makes total sense. Yeah. That, thank you. That really helps. That helps a lot. I'm, I'm still a little confused on the, the set here. If you're, if you're studying Oh, you know, as I'm, as I'm, this is the best thing. I think light bulbs are popping off my head right now. So uh, that's good. It's almost like my head was exploding full of light bulbs right there. Yeah. yeah. There's an in-joke right there for anybody. (laughs) Uh, So I'm thinking that with that pretest, they're doing those text passages on this to be learned information. Yeah. And there are, some errorful generation. So they're getting some feedback for the most part on this. And are they, are they then adjusting their, their answers or are they, uh, uh, are maybe the, maybe the feedback that they're getting helps them with the later questions as they're doing this. So they're learning as they're going. Yeah. Well, so, okay, here's how it probably went. Okay. Right. So let's say you are one of the participants who gets the pretest and the post-test. Okay whatever kind of pretest you're getting here, whether let's say you're in the multiple, you got the multiple choice one. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you're doing this study. So first I'm going to give you, Hey, here's five multiple choice questions about, about penguins in the Antarctic, whatever. There's five questions. I saw that movie. All right. You saw great. You have some background knowledge. You're like, awesome. I can do this. Right. So (laughs) you take your five questions then I give you the answer key mm-hmm. and just say, here, look how you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're like, sweet. I got three out of five, right? Huh? I thought, blah, turns out I was wrong about that or like whatever's going mm-hmm. on in your head. Now I give you the article to read. I give you the informational passage to read. Yeah. You're done reading it. Great. Now I give you the post-test. Okay. So things we don't know, things we don't know, was the post-test the same as the pre-test? My guess is no, given how they had different pre-tests. Agreed. Yeah, I would agree with that one, that the post-test should be different. Right. Right. But I would also assume that everybody got the same post-test, no matter what group or what type of pre-test you got. I think that makes perfect sense also. Otherwise, they couldn't have compared performance. Yeah. I think, I think that assumption is, uh, is a good solid one. I would say on that one. So because you Mm -hmm. represent what happened in this study, you as the person, as the subject who got a a pretest, got feedback on how you did on the pretest, then read, and then had the post-test, you did better than everybody else in the study. 
And I'm going to posit that the cause of that one is because you have you have things to think about with that pretest that you've gotten mm -hmm. some feedback for. So yes. you're already in the mode of learning at that point. Yeah. So you know what to focus on when you're actually doing the learning that's expected. Yep. So when you test that at the end, you have a final result at that point. Whereas if you didn't have that pretest at the beginning, you're learning basically everything as you're going, and then you're just doing a post-test at the end. Right. I think that all just clicked into place for me right there. Good. Good. That Sweet. was pretty good. Yeah. And so back in the Edutopia article, they do give you a link to another research study that explains a little bit more about um, that the why, right? Kind of like the how and why gen errorful generation um, might be leading to stronger learning, let's mm -hmm. say, right? But from, and you can also, one, not you in particular, but one can also go kind of look through um, neurological studies and motivation studies. And so this is where it's like, this is where I'm like, look, this is research that's backing up like what I know to be true, right? Yeah, exactly. Based on what I've seen in classrooms and what I've worked on in, per, in professional, my professional life and personalized learning. And like, yep. so <laughs> even in our, um, when we talk about the learner-centered project project-based learning flow, mm -hmm. like the first box is um, engage the learners. And mm -hmm. one way to do that is by getting them to ask questions or getting them some way to have to engage in the material in a way that highlights their knowledge gap. I, yes, I think that's perfect. And honestly, yeah. that second study that you that you just mentioned, that second link there explains a little bit about what that pretest kind of looks like. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, of course, I, I would imagine that many of our listeners are like, so what does a pretest look like? Let's just give them the test and then they'll do it again at the end. Right. That's the easiest way to do things. Uh, what this one talks right. about. Yeah. It's that's the lazy way. Like, yeah, it is the lazy way. It, you'll tick, you'll move the tick mark a little bit, but there's way more exciting and interesting well, things you could be doing. <laughs> to be to be fair, yeah. maybe we are not sure on how to design good pretests, right? Fair. If it's not the post test, okay, I get it, but I don't know what to do. All right, so what? Right. Do well, I want I want our learners to not even call it a pretest because just the word test right there totally agree gives you the wrong idea could put you in a box you don't have to be in. That, How's that? Nobody likes boxes. <laughs> nobody likes boxes. Uh, this, this one really gives a good example of what, uh, what those things are. Uh, and this one talks about uh, uh, cues and targets that are semantically related, like pencil and ink, mm -hmm. and not unrelated, like pencil and frog. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was fascinating. How, I like, what I got from that was like, so they're talking about like in learning a different language. And I had this complete experience when I was learning Spanish, yep. um, kind of talking about how, and I remember my Spanish teacher saying to us, like, don't just add like an O or an A or a vowel sound on the end of an English word, because a lot of times it will work, but other times it won't. Right. right. Like, and the word constipado, apparently from what I remember from my class means pregnant. So if you go into a drugstore in a Spanish speaking country, like saying that, you know, yo soy constipado because you don't know the word for constipated, like problem, like you're going to get stuff, you, different if, things. If <laughs> I were, if I were to ask that question, 
I'd probably get a lot of weird looks. Yeah, you'd get much weirder. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'd be, yeah. I need my help now. Right. Like, Constipato. Like, yeah. Like, dude, no, you're not. Yeah, no, you're not. No, so, you're like, not. what I think that study was saying along there was, like, when you, when you have an error, but your error is close to the correct answer, like, the closer your answer is to the correct answer, the stronger, like, the neurological pathway get that gets created is. And so the more likely you are to remember it. Um, and the further away, the less likely, unless it's crazy funny, like constantly. That is super funny. <laughs> I really like the way that they talk about the, uh, that one talks about error generation. Yeah. Uh, and this, this first one we talked about was error fold generation, which is yeah. very similar, but, but that's the idea is that we all want to learn from our mistakes. And yeah. what it identifying what we don't know. Yes. And then learning about those things and things we do know. Yes. Well, we, we already know those things. Right. So it's really narrowing it down for each individual person, learning about these things, mm-hmm. that pre-assessment, whatever it looks like, quickly identifies for the 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 learner in that case what yeah. they do and don't know and what they need to focus on when they're learning. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I yeah, love it. It's it great. just confirms it. Of course, Courtney, we already knew it, but there's (laughs) there's actual scientists doing this sort of thing, right? There's actual science to back us up now, sweet. Who knew that all of the (laughs) things we talked about were actually research-based? Yeah. So maybe next week, maybe we we, maybe we stretch this out a little, and maybe next week we talk again about different ways to pre-assess. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, Let's focus on that next week. Um, we are going to get to those other studies that we talked about last week. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, please go back in your feed and listen to that one. Uh, we have some good ones about a fuller picture of what a good school is. I'm excited for that one. I think the last one was new, cert- new research makes a powerful case for project-based learning for those that, yeah. ones that we wanted. They're all good, of course. In this, I office. know we're good. We're going to be excited about all of them. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And now that we're back and you can't get rid of us, I guess you just <laughs> have to listen to us every week. Uh, one thing I did notice last week, we ended rather abruptly. Yeah. Um, mainly because we took four months off. <laughs> I forgot how to do this. Forgot how to uh, do this. <laughs> but the one thing that I noticed the most is uh, we totally forgot on how you, the listener, can get a hold of us. Oh, that would totally be good to know. It. Yeah, it would be yeah. good to know. So, Courtney, how can people find us? All right. So P Learn MC is the word. You can use that anywhere to find us. PLearnMC.com is our website where you can find out information about us, the kinds of stuff we do. Um, you can get the link to the parking lot, which is where you can go and put comments or questions. Latest episodes are up there also. Um, you can find us in any podcast service library purveyor place whatever it's called whatever it's called mm-hmm. uh facebook and twitter we're also peeler and mc so there you go absolutely uh please uh, let us know what you thought of this one and uh we hope to hear you uh or we hope that you'll hear us <laughs> i guess it's been a long time uh, uh, we'll just we'll just go we'll talk next week yeah all right <laughs> <laughs>